Welcome everyone to this weekly Bible-based podcast, Words in Season. I'm your host, Kara Marie Morris. Most listeners will be familiar with the scripture I'm going to start us off with today, and it is the heart and mission of our Heavenly Father for the world. So we're going to go to John 3.16 in the Amplified Classic. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in him, whoever trusts and clings and relies on him will not perish or come to destruction or be lost, but have everlasting life. And this week I have a very special guest and her name is Mrs. Stephanie Iwanaga. The Lord crossed our paths by having us meet in an unlikely place at work. During our time working together, we discovered that we have the same heart to take Jesus Christ to the world. It is my honor to have her on the show today and to share some of her missions, insights, and experiences, and to hear what the Lord has for her and her husband next as they continue with their part of the Great Commission. Come back every Thursday to hear what the Lord has put on my heart for you. The Word of God is alive and powerful today, and I know that He will have a fresh word and season for you every time you tune in. Thank you so much for listening and sharing on social media. So let me introduce you today to our guest, Mrs. Stephanie Iwanaga. Iwanaga. She was born and raised in small town, Michigan, and she grew up in church, but wasn't always super active in church. In college, she studied psychology and marine science, and she had a desire to work with dolphins. She had a desire to travel and to see the world, but it wasn't until her sophomore year in college where she received the Lord and found out that there's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that the Lord, she found out the Lord has something even more for her than she could have ever imagined. So um, two weeks after she graduated from college, she went on to the world race on a mission trip where she went to 11 countries in 11 months and she ended up traveling for f- on to four different continents, over 16 countries, alongside different ministries, churches, orphanages, doing street evangelism, working in slums and helping uh, with sex trafficking victims. So she realized during that time that she was called to overseas and she had a a heart for Southeast Asia and for the men and women that have been affected by sex trafficking. She's been involved with um, leading medical missions teams in Haiti after an earthquake in January 2010 and she moved to Cambodia in October 2010 where she worked for three years and to this day she still is working with a ministry called the Hard Places Community and her and her husband have precious and large hearts for the world. Every time we talk we can't help but talk about the mission that God has for each one of us. So um, I want to introduce Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how's it going? Hello, good. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to see you, and it's good to talk about missions together. Yes, this is definitely both of our hearts. I'm so blessed that we've met through work, and just yeah. our calling is, yeah, it's great to be around someone like-minded, knowing just our heart for missions. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's nothing like it when you find a like-minded person. So um, you can, I gave you a little intro about you, but um, tell us a little bit about um, you growing up and what it was like. And you mentioned earlier, um, talk about your grandma, like how that affected your, your finding your call to missions. Yes. So when I was little, um, I had always noticed a picture in my grandma's house and it was of a young child who was about my age and living in Africa and so my grandma had explained to me that she sponsors this child, um, an orphan in Africa and I was so curious and just wondering like, where is Africa and (laughs) why is someone orphaned and what does this all mean? And so I just was so intrigued from a young age and wanted to meet this child and because they were my same age. And so it was just an interesting concept learning about this. And so from a young age, I had always wanted to go to Africa and 
it wasn't until my years in college where like I had always wanted to travel, was very intrigued about different states, mm-hmm. but you know, different countries around the world. And so it wasn't until college where I really like started my relationship with the Lord and heard of mission trips and how you can travel with a purpose and with a calling. Amen. And so instead of just like wanting to travel and see the world, I'm like, this, this is my heart. Like my heart was awakened to what God had in store for me. And so I knew that I would always go on a mission trip. I didn't know when or yeah. how. And so my heart was always Africa just because my grandparents had always sponsored children, typically from Africa. And so I just, yeah, wanted to go to Africa and started... Meet, meet those kids. Yeah. 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 Was it something that you were exposed to in church or like, did you know that there were missionaries or did you know, or not until college? Yeah, not really until college, I would say. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like I was involved in different campus ministries because I went to a couple different universities in a couple different states because I moved around. Um, and like we would always take, they would take local mission trips like within the community, but also, you know, to another state. Um and then they would also take out, you know, overseas mission trips. Mm-hmm. And those intrigued me the most. Um, but yeah, all throughout college, I would sign up to go on different mission trips overseas. And for some reason, it just like would fall through or yeah. I couldn't go or something would come up. So I ended up going on some mission trips um, in the U.S. and doing like local missions. But like the call and my heart's desire was to go overseas and absolutely and do this so eventually I came across um, right before I um, graduated college I knew that I didn't want to jump right into a career because I knew like this was unfinished business I had to go overseas and do a mission trip yeah so I started looking for trips that were like at least six months three to six months or you know like a year-long mission trip I didn't want to go on a short-term like 10-day trip even though those are super effective but I just knew for my heart and for you were all in I was all in yeah you were ready to do it so Stephanie's first mission trip ever she just went all in and she did 11 months so (laughs) some people they're like 11 days we'll see how that goes but Stephanie did 11 months and Mm -hmm. how many countries 16 countries and four continents yep so, I mean, I know that there's so many experiences with that. So that was in 2010 and then... 2009. Yeah. 2009. And then she fast forwarded. She ended up doing a couple different things. She was in Cambodia for three years. And then, praise the Lord, she came to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. So <laughs> she came to Tulsa because this is where your fiance lived at the time. Yep. And now husband. And yep. tell us a little bit about how you and Paul met. So, which included a mission trip. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we met on the mission field. So, like I said, two weeks. So two weeks after I graduated college, I left on this mission trip for eleven months, and um, this was in January of two thousand and nine. And so I was supposed to come home um, Thanksgiving, so November of two thousand and nine. Well, it was in August or September that, so I traveled with a group of 52 others and we were broken up into like eight teams of six or seven individuals. And so we would like go on a plane together, take up pretty much the whole plane and travel to a continent together and typically go to the same country or nearby countries. And then we would split off and go do separate ministries. So we weren't like overwhelming villages Mm -hmm. and towns and that stuff. Um... So it was in Romania, it was in Romania that we ended up um, going to a small little village and a whole bunch of people, like 200 of us um, that were out on the field in different groups, Mm -hmm. we all came together for a big conference. Mm -hmm. And so Paul, so he was also on this mission trip, but just a different group. And so he had left... um, in August. So he, yeah, was He was a little bit before you. Well, he was, I was getting ready to come off the field and he was just Ah. going onto the field. Okay. So he was just starting his adventure. I was 
kind of coming to a close on my adventure, but we ended up meeting in Romania yeah. at this big like conference. It was like a four-day conference that we all met at, and we crossed paths there, um, but didn't really remember each other. Then, fast forward, we ended up working for the same organization. So I came back, um, ended up working for the organization that I went with, and was, you know, went overseas to Cambodia through the organization. So I was a long-term missionary. He ended up coming back the following year in 2010, moved to, so he's from Tulsa, moved to Georgia to work at the organization in the home office. Mm -hmm. So he was in the home office. I was a long-term missionary in Cambodia. And you got super sick while got, you were in Cambodia. Yeah. So this was in 2012. I yeah. got really sick. So this was already two years in as a missionary in Cambodia. Um, I would come home like once a year and go back to the home office and mm -hmm. people would check in, you know, with me. He was one of the ones that he was like a familiar face because um, he was in the home office. But I didn't really pay attention. You know, I yeah. mean, I'm just checking in with everybody. And... He reached out to me when I got super sick in Cambodia, and so I added him as a Facebook friend, and, you know, he, along with, like, a hundred other people from the office right. and family and friends were all reaching out to me. Sure. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit, but then fast forward to 2015, I had already been home from Cambodia for, like, two years, and we reconnected through Facebook, very just randomly and um he was asking like are you still in Cambodia and I'm like are you still you know in yeah. Georgia yeah and it turns out I was living in Florida at the time he was in <laughs> Tulsa and yeah we reconnected he came visited me it's in crazy. Florida we knew we were both like like-minded missions you know we had known of each other even though we weren't like best of friends or anything but we had our paths had been crossed for all these years yeah and then it's amazing yeah. how god weaves everything together he's weaving the story together so that the people that you need to know i had a missions teacher one time who said god knows who we need to know and who we need to know by now so he's not behind. He knows exactly who needs to be in our life at this point. And sometimes that's hard because we don't see them because we see them all the time. But God yeah. has put people in our life to appreciate them now because that's, mm -hmm. that's what they're there for. So that's yeah. an incredible story. And there's so many stories in that. We'll maybe have you share a little bit more about mm -hmm. your time in Cambodia later. So um, living in Tulsa now, what does missions look like for you now? Because a lot of times people can look at you and say, but you don't live overseas, how are you a missionary? So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So like I said, I mean, missions has always, you know, just been a deep desire of my heart. And, you know, ever since coming back from Cambodia and knowing like I'm called to the mission field and what does that look like? Because some people feel very called to a specific country or right. a specific continent or whatever. And some people, I mean, we're all called, we are all called. Amen. And so whatever that looks like, I mean, even in our daily life, like I've been working, you know, retail for the past couple years, but also still connected with the ministry in Cambodia mm -hmm. and still um, have ties to that ministry and helping out. And so my mission field in the States has very much been, you know, my heart's still Cambodia and reaching out to the Khmer people and the staff and all of that, but also like meeting Kara and, you know, just the retail, you know, jobs that I've had is like, there's so I try many to, people that yes need Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's yep. any job that we have. Yep. And, and so it's just been, been able to be a light in the times and in the season God has you in because every chapter like we all have so many different chapters in our life and God yeah. is in it, all of them Amen. and so what does that look like for you now and again my heart is missions overseas and Paul and I we both have a heart for Southeast Asia and so our prayer has been you know how how do we get back? And God has actually given us very specific 
ministry ideas and dreams like we want to start ministries overseas we'd love to start in southeast asia but ultimately i mean all over the world and ministry opportunity to bridge a gap for long-term missionaries so a lot of reasons like long-term missionaries come off the field is because of lack of support or funding or community and so Paul and I want to start specific ministries that help bridge the gap for all of those things. So ministries that will help with community, help with supporting, support raising, funding, um, and be able to, you know, interweave all of that with the local community and the ministries that they're called to do overseas. And so... We have these, you know, ministry plans that God has given to us, but we're like, when is this going to happen? And so Mm -hmm. we've just tried to align our lives like one step at a time. Even if we don't see the full, full picture of how this is all going to play out, it's like, okay, God, what's next? And, you know, I'm trying to be faithful in the season I have here right now and Ultimately, like, I don't feel called necessarily to the U.S. Like, I feel I'm living here and I'm born here, raised here. Right. And I I don't know that I will move overseas, like, for the rest of my life. It might be going back and forth. But at the same time, it's like, I'm open to whatever God has for us. And even though I don't fit in maybe to the normal cultural, like, getting a nine-to-five job and buying the house. secure paycheck. And so I would say, like, ultimately, deep down, I knew I was supposed to do missions, and so that's why I didn't start a career. That is why I purposely chose to go on a long-term mission trip. Um, And after that trip in 2009, I knew that ultimately, like, changed the course of my life. So how did you know that you were called to more than just a regular life, going to church, being a believer here in the U.S.? How did you know that the Great Commission for you actually looked like it was going to be something that looked like it was overseas? For me, um, going on the trip in 2009 Mm -hmm. and experiencing, you know, so many different cultures and so many different ministries... Like, we talk a lot about how I ultimately went on 11 short-term mission trips back to back to back because um, each month we served in one country at one ministry location. And so you just put 11 of those together and you're gone for the year. And so it was kind of like a vision trip to see, like, where do you thrive? Because ultimately, like... I just, I've always felt like I've been called overseas or had this desire Mm -hmm. to go overseas. And then when I knew that there was purposeful mission trips where you can help people while living overseas, like I knew that that's when I was called, but I didn't necessarily know what that looked like. So this trip was able to narrow down, like there were continents that I was like, I'm so excited to go here. And then other ones where I'm like, okay, yeah, that would be good. And it was like the reverse, like the places I was really like waited my whole life to go to. I was like, I don't know that I would thrive here. The ministries were amazing. Like the people in every culture that I have met like are amazing. But I knew that when I went to Southeast Asia that I would thrive there. I mean, the people, the food, the culture, the language, it was just like... That is where I came alive. That is where I knew like my light could shine the brightest. And you know, a lot of times I think people, I don't know, like I I think people maybe have this misconception like I did of like, oh, as a missionary being called overseas, I have to go to this hard, dark. Like you're giving up something. I'm I'm having to sacrifice. Like you are sacrificing. I mean, you're sacrificing but not to the detriment of your physical, emotional, Amen. spiritual well-being. That's right. Like, no. you can thrive Amen. in a place overseas. Or if you're called to the States, like people are called, you know, in our own culture, people are called yeah. to their own city, Tulsa. You know, yeah. there's people here that this is their calling and that is amazing. But Absolutely. for me, I know my calling is in another culture where I thrive and it's not in the other culture that I visited earlier, you know, in 2009 where I didn't really thrive. Yeah. And so, yes, there's sacrifices, 
but there's places that you can thrive and God like God can use you and work through you the most in that environment so it's so true and the reward Mm -hmm. is so much greater than the sacrifice you know the sacrifice is so temporary and when you find that sweet spot with the Lord I mean we both know what it's like to feel we're at home yes in a place where we shouldn't feel at home mm-hmm. we don't look the same we don't speak the same language we don't have the same passport but we feel at home and it's yeah. almost a reverse culture shock when we have to come back to quote unquote home although mm-hmm. there's no place like the united states we're so grateful because mm-hmm. because of this country we're able to go out yeah but yep in the freedoms that we have i mean it's just a there's no country that has the freedom and the the even the Christian mindset, regardless of what's going on, it still allows us to be able to go. Yeah. And the sacrifice is so much smaller than the reward. I mean, maybe this is a good transition into um, telling us a little bit about just uh, a rewarding experience or something that you had maybe in Cambodia or. Um, just a time that you were like, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like super spiritual, but like there was a moment where you're like, I'm home. I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, gosh, let me think. I feel like, yeah, it literally was just like things align, like, again, you know, visiting different cultures. When I had gone to Southeast Asia, because I'm a very, like, I love the ocean. I love tropical weather and plants. And I've always just liked the Asian culture. And I don't know, like when I went there, I literally just felt like I was stepping into my homeland. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Yeah. But when, I mean, I built, you know, so many different relationships and one story is of a girl that, you know, she had just the most horrific, rough life that of, of anyone I've ever known. And she never once complained about her lot in life. She came from, you know, nothing, very, very poor And she was like the most strong-willed, spunky teenager when I moved to Cambodia. Um, She was a teen. And she fled her home from the province. And she ended up coming to um, the city in Phnom Penh, the capital. And But that led her down a really dark path. And she ended up meeting all the wrong people. You know, she lived in a park. She ended up selling her body over and over, and she was just so ashamed. She never wanted to go back home, and now she's in this, you know, very dark place and trying to make ends meet. And she was like 12 when she ran away from home. And so just a very rough, rough life. And um, she ended up, I mean, she ended up just being a sex worker for her whole, you know, for years. And so when I met her, she was looking really rough, um, but she had the spirit of like gold. She came to know the Lord through Mm -hmm. different organizations that um, she ended up visiting and, you know, was discipled and came to know the Lord, loved the Lord, um, but still was just struggling between these two worlds of I don't know it's hard to describe but it's darkness and light yeah it really yeah it really was and like I could see the light in her but I could see the darkness just like had such a grip on her like the darkness in this world but I knew she was you know she was God's like yeah God had her and so anyways she had she had inspired me like so much and so with the ministry i ended up helping our um founder and some of the kamai staff we ended up starting a safe house for Mm. specifically for her but for all of the girls like her and so we started a um like a young women's safe house a day center where these girls um it was very close to the park where all these girls would go during the day 
and that they could just come and eat and relax and we would do Bible studies and just pray and worship and just a safe place for them to come to during the day. And so um, she ended up becoming pregnant um, and she was on like so many different drugs and she was had AIDS and HIV positive and just all these different things and had just such a rough life, but she had such a joy to her and she wanted to abort the baby. And so we just prayed over her. We came alongside of her every day and prayed with her, asked her what her fears were, and she ended up keeping the baby. I mean, she delivered the baby. Yeah. And she um, had asked me and the founder um, actually to foster her baby. And um, so we ultimately helped her with the baby and fostered the baby and took care of the baby. And anyways, just this, like, she was my whole inspiration for every, I mean, for everything, like in Cambodia and just, she was like the example of, I don't know, like what these young women and kids go through. I mean, just the hardships that they face. And ultimately she ended up, um, actually last month she ended up passing away, Mm -hmm. but it's like, oh my gosh, she's finally free, you know? Yeah. And just knowing, like, her story and just seeing that, literally seeing the light and the darkness. Like, the darkness had such a grip on her, but the light, like, overcame. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, the darkness can have... It can have a grip on you here in this life, but not ultimately. No. You know? No. In eternity. And once, I mean, she proclaimed her faith, you know, and became a believer and had her relationship with the Lord, like, praise God, she is free and she is home Amen. now, you know? So Amen. that is like, that's the greatest reward, honestly, from any type of ministry oh, I've done is like is. her story yeah. and knowing her walking alongside of her for years at such a young age and, you know, her passing away at like, she was 25 Yeah. and she had she, lived through so much. Yeah. So she's kind of the girl that you think of when yeah. when you and Paul are praying for Southeast Asia yeah. and when you guys are, you know, doing your retail work and when you're, mm-hmm. you know, staying up late and getting up early and all mm-hmm. the things that you have to do. It's like the Lord has put this person in your pathway, sent you back to the United States for a time mm-hmm. so that you can be even more effective yeah. for this for this place that God has put in your heart and for the whole world. I mean, yeah, ultimately, I mean, like I think of her even when I'm, you know, with coworkers and seeing, you yeah. know, people like right now, our world is just in such a traumatic time. You know, so many people are just have been affected by everything going on this year. And what does that look like for my next door neighbor? How is she struggling? You know, and how is she can being we abused? Help? Are they yeah, in a like, safe place? And mm-hmm. yeah. And so people here in the States, like, how can I help the people that I'm interacting with on a daily basis, you know, and for my neighbors here. And so ultimately, I mean, yeah, sharing and being the light to so those around you. This is kind of an interesting question. What does missions look like in times of social distance? You know, this is a time when the whole world is coming out of lockdown. There's questions of, should we be coming out? Should we be coming back down? You know, I don't know. (laughs) And I don't know what it's like in Cambodia right now. But, you know, there's a lot of countries that Mm -hmm. they're... Yep. They are still, yeah, kind of in a lockdown state. There's so much fear. There's a lot of fear. The government is putting rules and regulations. Anyone that comes through, they're having to pay for tests. And it's just every government system, I think, is every country is, you know, totally different in how they're handling things um, in what they think is best for their country and their um, Mm -hmm. places. But I think ultimately, I mean, for all of us, no matter what country we're in, no matter where, what city, town, village, like where we are, again, to to be able to reach your neighbor, even if, I mean, depending on the time of if you can really literally leave your home or not, yeah. but hey, how can you, 
can you get groceries for your elderly neighbor that's yeah. in your community? Can yeah. you, you know, how can you serve the people around you? Um, and like for me with social media, that has been a huge way. Like I've used different apps on my phone to be able to reconnect with people yeah. literally around the world Absolutely. of old friends, family members, just different people in ministry, outside of ministry, co-workers, being able to use, you know, either texting them or using video chat apps and reaching out to people that Absolutely. I maybe didn't make the time for before when That's I'm busy, life exactly. is busy, but we have all kind of come, most people have come to a screeching halt and then we're faced with just kind of time and that's the slowness. thing. Like, the thing that we all have. We all have 24 hours. That's what we have. And mm-hmm. it's the most valuable thing that we have. Because, you know, yep. even if you live till you're 120, that's still a short time when you think of eternity. So us being able, I feel like, like what you said, like right now, missions looks like someone actually taking the time to write a letter, make a phone call, mm-hmm. send a text message do a video chat, reconnect, you know, pick up an extra bottle of Clorox wipes for your neighbor <laughs> or whatever that looks yep. like. And the mission is still there. And it, just because it looks like borders are closed right now, the call doesn't go away. No, nope. The call doesn't end. And it's not impossible. God is going to open these borders up again for us. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I know it looks absolutely impossible. Looks like right now, it looks like okay, yeah, I'm going to go overseas for two weeks, but then I'm going to have to be in quarantine for two weeks, and then I come back and I'm going to have to be in quarantine again. But mm-hmm. God's going to, he's going to make a way. And what, he's done so many things already. And what it looked like it was for destruction, God has turned to good. So many things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just, he's going to do it again. Yes. So, um, can you tell us, like, three keys of what you've learned on the mission field? Yes. So definitely. So I was on the mission field, I mean, in Cambodia for three years. And I mean, that was kind of termed like I was a long-term missionary. But yeah. looking back, I'm I know. like, no. That I does know. Not- <laughs> it's so true. I barely scraped the surface I feel like of learning the only things. time that I feel like I could say long-term is if I'm there like, 50 plus years but <laughs> yeah. even then you know what is long term at this point like like our life here on earth is so short it's literally like a blip it you know it is so i think so my biggest takeaways from actually living in a country that is not your home country and that you are called to that you serve you live you serve you dive into the culture the language you're in, fully immersing yourself into that culture. Um, the very first thing of being called, like, God does not call necessarily the equipped. He will equip you as you answer the call. And so, yeah. like my husband, for example, my whole life, I have always wanted to go overseas, do missions, all of this stuff. My husband, complete opposite. We met <laughs> on the same, you know, a essentially the same trip yeah um he did not want to go on the trip i couldn't wait to apply and go on this trip he on the other hand was fighting it and kind of was talked into applying um and going but he was like i will fund the mission like he Mm -hmm. was had a really good job he was full on into a career into a career that like people retire out of. And he was one of the youngest in the company and had just started taking off and was doing really, really well. Hmm. And was like, I will fund, I will be the guy that funds all of the missionaries. I never want to be a pastor and I never want to be a missionary. That's hilarious. So again, God, <laughs> he will, if you answer the call, he will equip you. And so Amen. Paul was like, okay, I guess. He just said yes. Go. He said yes, and God made the way. I mean, God paved the way, changed his heart, softened his heart. Because me meeting Paul now, I would never, never guess, that. never guess that. That's so crazy. Yeah, so his heart is all, I mean, 100%, 100% missions. Yeah. And he's since, I mean, right after, like, he left the corporate world left all of that he actually went into teaching of all things and um 
yeah, he has like, I mean, I, uh, it's crazy how God just transforms your heart, but Amen. ultimately like just being on the mission field, knowing like if you're called, all you have to do is say yes. There's going to be fears and doubts and all these things that might come up. But if you just say yes, God will equip you as you go. Amen. Um, all he needs is a tiny little mustard seed of faith to move that mountain. And it's really, are you willing to just say yes and not figure it out? Not figure out what does this mean for my job and my career and my house? And do I have to sell everything? And it's literally saying yes and God will start to put all the pieces into place. And if you're faithful in those tiny baby steps, he will reveal more and more to you as you go. Stephanie, I can't even tell you how many times I've tried to leave this country (laughs) in in not God's timing. And I've tried to do that. I've tried to figure out, all right, so what am I going to sell? I'm going to sell everything. In fact, there was a time in my life I gave everything away except for two bags. And I'm moved overseas. I thought, I ain't coming back. And (laughs) praise God, I was back within three months because it wasn't God's timing. It wasn't my, it was my timing. It was my plan. It was what I came up with. And I mean, it took a huge adjustment and a huge, I needed that dose of humility to come back. I felt like a little puppy coming back (laughs) with my tail between my legs saying, I'm back. (laughs) But it's so true, like saying yes to God and not trying to force it, not trying to make it happen. It's, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all in his timing. I mean, he will, and there's peace. That is the biggest thing because I've tried to make things happen on my own. Like, hey, I'm going to go on this, I'm going to sign up for this mission trip. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to go to this country. Oh, yeah. And then like something happened in the end where I didn't end up going. I'm like, well, my heart is right. Oh my gosh. But it wasn't his timing. And that is sometimes what I've had to deal with is like, my heart's in the, I feel like my heart's in the right place. How could a mission trip be bad? Like, exactly. But right? it wasn't his timing. And, no. and there will be peace. There yeah. will be peace. Even if you don't know what it looks like Amen. going into ministry or whatever that next step is, if you say yes, take that leap of faith, you will have peace in the uncertainty. Because you don't always get the full picture. God never reveals everything to us. And so... Amen. So he needs a mustard seed of faith. Yep. And, and we are able to follow that peace, just knowing whatever it looks like today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so another thing I learned just living overseas is how important self-care is. Yeah. Like we can have this almost like savior-like mentality. Oh, like yeah. we're going, I'm going to go overseas and I'm going to help. And there's so many needs. And if you're going to like a third world country yeah. and you're from a, you know, first world, first world, yeah. it's, it's really easy to kind of fall into this trap of like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be of all this help. But ultimately, I mean, we're so humbled in all of that. And, you kind of realize it's like if we if all it's not God, need help. If, like, yeah, we all fall short. Yeah, we all need help, and just Absolutely. because maybe someone else's life looks a little different than mine does not mean that I don't need just as much help as they need help. And absolutely, and just self care, like being on the mission field, being in another country and another culture. You go, you it's easily like you can go through burnout very easily and quickly if you're not taking care of yourself if you're not in the word daily if you're not physically mentally and spiritually sound absolutely and um i mean that's kind of in life like right wherever we are yeah in our home country or not like you can get away with it more here though yes you know because you're used to um like your different coping mechanisms you're used to you know different defenses that you have and different things that come up, you kind of have like your outlets, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to go take a walk or I'm going to go work out and just kind of cool down or this is my routine. Yeah. Your routines and everything change overseas. Absolutely. And you might not have those same outlets that you do. And you're being pulled on so much. Yep. You see needs everywhere. Everywhere. And you're like... I want to do this ministry. I want to help out here. I want to, I see this person that needs help. This person is calling me. Like there's so many needs all over. And so it's just so important to take care of yourself and not 
feel guilty or in a, like a selfish way. Like it is important that you are caring for yourself, that you do have those healthy outlets, um, whether it's taking a walk every day or, you know, working out, whatever that Going to the like. coffee shop and yes. spending like, even if you're spending like $5, uh, you yep. know, but if that's it's, what it takes, yeah, you, you believe God for that $5 <laughs> and he will bring it. Yes. And yeah. I mean, because if you're not in a healthy spot, like how can, if I'm not healthy, how can I minister to someone else in my broken state? You can't pour out with an empty of, cup. Yeah. yeah. So true. Yeah. So it's for, you know, the benefit of everyone that you have your self-care that you're able to help care for others ultimately. Amen. And then the other thing, so this is kind of, so for singles, Mm -hmm. like going on the mission fields, like going overseas. Because you you were single when you went. Yep. yep. I was single. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to trust God, like ultimately not everyone is called to get married and not everyone desires to get married but for those that you know are listening and that do desire to get married like not to put the things that god calls you to to put them on hold waiting for something else like oh i'll go on the mission field when (laughs) i have a husband and a partner that will join me to go on the mission field or will like lead me tell me what to do Mm -hmm. and i'll just help Oh, gosh. So, ultimately, like, I found... I mean, I've been praying for a husband for a year in my whole life, you know? It is when you are aligned with what God has called you to and what you're doing, like, that when you look to your right and your left, you will see someone come alongside of you that could possibly be your husband. You know, you'll see someone that has that same heart in the same area of ministry or whatever you're called to. I mean, God puts such specific calls on each of us, you know, and what that looks like. And so when you're doing that, when you are aligned with where God has and wants you, someone else will be there beside you. Amen. And ultimately, I mean, that's what happened with me and Paul. Like we both, he didn't want to be in missions, but he, you know, went overseas and did missions. That was like my heart. God was changing his heart and ultimately that's where we met and years later I mean our story I mean you guys didn't even notice each other in Romania right you just no, like really didn't even notice each other oh hey you know you just are happen to be at the same place at the same time yeah and then years later the Lord would reconnect you yep yeah and he kind of inter like wove our you know paths throughout but I mean we had both dated different people during those times I mean yeah. life happened in all of those years right. and then I mean, he reconnected us. So for the singles, I would say, you know, do not ever put your life on pause waiting for a spouse. Amen. You know, do what God has called you to do. Yeah. Like whether it's serving in your local church and, you know, because I remember just longing for, I can't wait to like, I can go overseas and be on a plane with my husband and he gets to experience the traveling and like being on the flight and going through the airport, you know, but I'm not going to put my whole life on pause waiting for that to happen. It's like, I just dove in and when you dive in, God will bring someone alongside of you. And for the people that are already married, like there's, there's nothing greater than if you both are called to missions. To be able to do missions overseas or wherever, whatever that looks like. Local missions in your town, um, through your church or, you know. Could be business. Yeah. You know, whatever that is. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. And even for people that are married where maybe only one feels called like overseas and the other, you know, maybe doesn't quite have that call. Like I can imagine if Paul and I met years ago and I felt called, but he didn't. I mean... We still could have, he could have gone on a mission trip with me, you know, just Mm -hmm. kind of supporting me as his spouse and that could have done it, you know? Exactly. So for people that are married and only one person is like having this, you know, call or this itch to go overseas, like I would just continue to pray over your spouse, pray about the situation and, you know, God can put it on their heart to just be like, okay, yes, let's go. Or let's take the family. Yeah. I mean, that could change the course of everything. And you want it to be God, not you. Right. You do not Not want to try to force your spouse to do anything or they're just going to resent it and blame you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Oh man. So, hallelujah. That's so good. Some great insights about uh, not putting your life on hold and because that call is always there. Whether mm-hmm. you're, you know, whatever, even if, you know, in, in my life I can see times where I, I knew, like Stephanie, when I was uh, called to missions at a young age, young age, I remember being five years old in Sunday school and telling the Sunday school teacher, I'm going to be a missionary with my <laughs> speech impediment. And I didn't even necessarily know, I didn't know what that meant, but I, I like Stephanie, I had experience with um, being exposed to other children of the world. I remember watching Christian television when the when communism was falling. I remember these particular missionaries going in and giving kids in Romania toys and just being able to now have done that in my life and see a fulfillment of that. It's incredible. But the path sometimes it looks like dim and you yeah. you feel like I don't see it and how can it work and what about the money but that's why like Stephanie said we have to stay in the Word of God you have to take care of yourself because it says um, in Proverbs that the word is a lamp to our feet so that's the only way we're gonna see the path is as we spend time with him as we're praying as we're having his word because his word is light to us it says um, that the entrance of his words give light and that you know we know that Jesus is the ultimate light of the world so Stephanie, she her points that she brought out, um, just to go over them again quickly, is just God can work with anything. He can work with that mustard seed of faith. It's so important to be able to follow peace and um, also taking care of yourself on the mission field. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't help anyone if you're not um, well, spirit, soul, and body. And then also, if you're single, Don't let that stop you. And if you're married, don't let that stop you. There's no excuses in the kingdom of God to to not follow (laughs) what he's called you to do. If you are trying to be a missionary and you're called to business, don't try to be a missionary. If you're in business and you know that you're supposed to be in missions, well, the Lord is speaking to your heart now. And it it looks different. That's what's so, so interesting about God is, you know, we say that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And sometimes we think that that means God is the exact same or God is a cookie cutter mm-hmm. or if this is what a missionary looks like. But that's not how it is. God is, I, I was, one of my episodes, I talked about God's faithfulness. It was a couple episodes ago and how, you know, it talks about how he is faithful from sun up to sundown, basically. And every sunset is different and every sunrise is different and it's mm, not good. any less beautiful I don't ever say like, oh, that one wasn't as pretty or, but it's, yeah. <laughs> they're all different. We see such beautiful ones in Oklahoma because there's not a lot of trees or a lot of buildings around here, but God is not boring. He's not monotonous. God is so creative. Yeah. He's the ultimate creative. And that's how creative our calls are. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. He puts that unique stamp of what he has for us and in our DNA, it was in us. Stephanie and I, from a young age, we knew mm-hmm. we were going to... And it doesn't mean that we always did everything just right, or it doesn't mean that um, we didn't do different things to try to fulfill that. I knew I always wanted to travel. So in college, I did, and I did it for fun and for vacation and with friends. Yep. And I went on all kinds of trips, but man, there was still... I remember being on this super expensive trip that I went with friends, and it was just like there's more in my heart there's more I by worldly standards I should have been satisfied but until you find that thing that God is calling you to do you give up everything willingly we call it a sacrifice but is it really is it I don't know you know because like she was (laughs) talking about with her um, about her friend that has recently passed away in Cambodia she's the reward that joy, that joy that was set before him, that Jesus said that he saw the joy that was set before him in the cross when he was on the cross, it was us. And when you can see that value in people, it's priceless. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I ultimately, it's about, it's about relationships, you know, and like that is the reward. Like Amen. being able to come alongside of people 
and you know believers non-believers doing life together whatever that looks like serving loving and yeah helping where I mean time like I keep going back to you know just taking those moments we're gonna all have busy seasons you know not so busy seasons we all have different phases and chapters to our life and some seasons are a lot slower some seasons are you know more joyful than other seasons like we go through trials and triumphs in each of our lives and but ultimately like God is consistent God is faithful and if we are faithful in taking the time to reach out to someone each day you know like you said just writing a letter yeah sending a text sending you know calling a family member maybe that you don't talk to regularly or reaching out to an old friend or a neighbor or going going you know into your community and meeting a new person or supporting a missionary that's not on the field right now we have so many missionaries that are having to be at home right now Mm-hmm. And people can look at them and say, well, you're not doing missions, so I'm withdrawing my support. And they're doing all kinds of things that we have no idea about. They're trying to support their family. They're trying to still support the nationals that are back home or back in their country where they're doing ministry. So that's another way. Reach out. Yeah. Give an extra offering. Say an mm-hmm. extra prayer. I mean, these yeah. are all ways that we can do missions now, Yep. even in times of social distancing. Yeah. 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 So the heart of God is missions. um, And we're grateful that God has been able to impart that to us. So that, man, thank God, Stephanie, we don't have to live life for ourselves. What a miserable life. Yeah. To live life for yourself. Because you're never, nothing is ever enough. No Mm -hmm. trip is enough. No amount of money. No job. No career. No family. Mm -hmm. No amount of kids. Nothing. And it's already hard, you know, like nothing will satisfy. I mean, until you meet and have a relationship with Jesus, like he ultimately fills that void and he satisfies us. But ultimately that doesn't feel like I was talking about in the beginning. You know, I don't necessarily feel like I maybe belong in the U.S. or in my own home culture, but ultimately it's I don't. Like Earth is not my Amen. home. That's so, so true. So it's not like oh I don't I don't feel like a part of my own culture. It's bigger than that. Like I don't. It is this our life here on Earth is temporary, and ultimately, as a believer, our home is in heaven with Amen. our Savior. And so, of course, we're never really gonna be fully satisfied and content in our earthly surroundings. We can always be fully satisfied and content in. Yeah. Christ and Amen. in the word and that's why it's so important to stay plugged into the word um, and remind ourselves who we are in Christ where we come from what our inheritance is what life is ultimately going to look like and be like in our heavenly home because we are foreigners like we are Amen. I am a foreigner in my own we're just home traveling through land. Yep. it's so true and so. that's why sometimes the things we say the things we believe they go against social norms mm-hmm. and they go against culture that we live in right now because we're actually not from here and that that makes me think of something like you said that the reason it's not satisfying is because really we're eternal beings we are made in the image and likeness of our heavenly father So everything on this earth is temporary and nothing will satisfy that's temporary. And everything is. Everything. The place we live, our job, our family, even the way we look right now, it's temporary. (laughs) I mean, praise the Lord that our youth is renewed like the eagles and we'll (laughs) keep it that way. But, you know, everything that we look to on the outside is so temporal. And that's why we have to keep our eyes on Jesus because he is the author Mm -hmm. and the finisher of our story. Yep. Yeah. Amen. So good. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, um, I just have it on my heart. Will you pray for our listeners? Um, I know that there's going to be people that are listening that, you know, they've, they've tried to do ministry. They've tried to do missions. They've had different experiences and it's not always been good. And we pray for them just an encouragement to. Yeah. Yeah. Thank All you, right. Jesus. 
God, I just, I thank you so much for Kara, for her heart, um, just in this podcast. And Lord, I just, I lift up um, the people listening right now. God, I pray just your blessing um, and your peace over their heart, over their mind, over their soul. God, I just, um, I thank you so much that we can listen from anywhere. I mean, we're sitting here in Tulsa, but um, anyone can, you know, listen to this from all across the world. And ultimately, yeah. God, I mean, our hearts are for all the nations. Amen. And God, I lift up specifically um, those who maybe are unsure of what their calling is or what that looks like and what that means. And so, God, I just pray that you would just confirm what their calling is, God, just um, put it on their heart, just the desires um, maybe that they've had that maybe they thought were selfish or, you know, something that a desire that maybe everyone has. Um, Cause I mean, I've felt that before, like, Oh, you know, this, my call to go overseas, like everyone has this desire, but mm. no, it was very specific. The Amen. things that you have put on my heart and um, the things that make me come alive and thrive Lord, that that is very specific. And so I pray for those listening right now that you would just confirm and seal those desires and God, that they would just have that mustard seed of faith and that they would step out. And even if they have been hurt before or, um, or maybe stopping in their tracks because of fears or doubts or, um, just pleasing man, like what would their family think or what would their friends think or if they are feeling called to go overseas or feeling called to something um, specific, like maybe leaving a job to go do a different job that they know ultimately that's their calling. Not the job they currently have, but this other one, um, that that's their calling, but it's going to take risk and it's going to take sacrifice. Um, So I pray that all they have to do is say yes. Amen. Ultimately, we just need to say yes, and you will take us. You will lead us from there. It just takes that tiny bit of mm. faith to just say yes and be obedient and to step out. Take that leap of faith, and he will catch you. God is always there, and he will reveal step by step in time, in his timing, Um what that looks like in God. So I just pray um, just a blessing on those listening. And I pray just for all doubts, distractions, all fear, anxiety to just flee right now in the name of Jesus that you would, um, I just pray clarity, peace um, over each person's heart. God, that um, we we are made in your image. We are made um, just so uniquely And you've created each of us um, in your likeness with your DNA, but yet we are so unique and we all have just such different giftings, um, different, um, different, I don't know, DNA that you have created in us and that you will be glorified in. Um, And so God, I just, I thank you for our listeners. I thank you for their hearts. I just... um, I just pray peace over each person. I pray um, that they would not be fearful to step into their calling. Whatever you have been placing on their hearts, things that have been coming up over and over in their life and they keep brushing aside, Mm -hmm. I pray that that would be broken. And right now in the name of Jesus, that they would come into their calling. They would step out, take that one leap of faith, Um, whether they're single, have a family, that they would have support, um, a support system, people that are lifting them up. And um, ultimately, God, you you call us and we can't deny that. We can't deny that when you call us, you will equip us. And even though we feel so um, maybe out of sorts and not equipped um, for the things, the dreams and desires Mm. you've placed on our heart, but ultimately, God, you will... Um, equip us as we go and you will give us the tools step by step um, as we go so I just pray a blessing over everyone listening just ask these things in your name in Jesus name amen so good Stephanie it's so good to talk to you about missions yes it's It's our heart and I'm so (laughs) blessed every single time that I sit down and talk to you 
And I'm so thankful that the Lord has continued to keep our paths parallel. Yes. And uh, if you want to get in contact with Stephanie, see what she's up to, you can find her on social media. She's going to be continuing her work with an incredible organization called the Hard Places Community. Uh, Stephanie's actually stepping into a role with them. And um, it's exciting to see what the Lord is going to do with her. So if you want to pray for her, support her, definitely check that out on social media. And we will see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Words in Season.